Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So the reports started to come out just a few hours ago about a leak in a pipeline. We're talking about pipelines that are under the Baltic Sea. You need a map. It's always good to take a look at a map to understand what it is that, that you're dealing with here. And you take a look at the, where the Baltic Sea is. And you say, oh, so it's, it's where it's what separates Sweden and Finland from really the whole of Europe. Well, there's Poland, Lithuania, Latvia. Oh, look, there, there's Germany right over there. Hey, there's Germany. Huh. And there's there's actually a little bit of access there to, to St. Petersburg. There's access on the Baltic Sea from Germany to St. Petersburg. And there are leaks in a pipeline. This is not some ordinary pipeline. Oh, no, 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 no. This is Nord Stream 2 and Nord Stream 1. And it has been discovered that there were a series of explosions, three different explosions, leading to three leaks in the pipeline in two days. And I'm here to tell you, that ain't coincidence. That is not coincidence at all. These things don't happen in a vacuum, people. They happen on purpose. These leaks don't just happen. This was purposeful and everybody knows it. Somebody wanted to make sure that Russia and Germany never had the opportunity to get together on this deal. This deal that was always ridiculous. Hey, sure, Russia, you're a threat to NATO allies and the whole of Europe everywhere, but we'll be totally reliant upon you for energy. This sounds great. And then they realized, oh, man, Vladimir Putin's nuts. We better not do this. And then he said, I, 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 I will eliminate all gas to Europe. And Europe said, eh, okay. It'll be cold, it'll be chilly, but we'll get through it. Maybe we'll fire up the nuclear plants. Oh, no, no, they're still opposed to the nuclear plants. Well, they're Europeans. They're not very bright people. Multiple leaks. The Poland prime minister said the leaks were caused by sabotage. Sweden's Maritime Authority issuing a warning about the leaks in the Nord Stream 1 pipeline a day after a leak on the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, restricting shipping, imposing imposing a no-fly zone. The Prime Minister of Denmark said sabotage could not be ruled out. Quote, we are talking about three leaks with some distance between them, and that's why it's hard to imagine that it is a coincidence. It's not a coincidence. Who did it? Now that is an interesting question. Who did it is a very, very interesting question. Because I can't tell you. 
I can't tell you if this is some other European uh, uh, ally uh, of Germany saying, yeah, we really want to make sure that Germany doesn't keep in bed with Russia. My God, this could have been the Russians themselves in some kind of, of, of ploy. I don't know. I don't have the slightest clue as to how this, uh, who could have done this. But the idea of the explosions, ah, that's, that's, that, that's easy to understand. Sabotage is the right word. Europe needs to recognize that they have to engage more responsibility for themselves and for their own actions. And they should be realizing at this stage of the game, and I only hope that there are European nations that do, that this idea of a European Union is great for globalists, not so great for nations that want to uh, engage their own sovereignty. You'll note in Italy, uh, there is a new prime minister. And this prime minister is already getting attacked as the next Mussolini. She's not the the next Mussolini, uh, Giorgia Maloney. What she is, however, is somebody who, uh, as I'm learning about her, I I will not tell you that my knowledge of Italian uh, politics is um, of expert level. I will uh, tell you, uh, when anybody talks about making the trains run on time, they clearly have not studied enough Mussolini. But the idea that she believes in family, the idea that she doesn't believe that government should be trying to tear apart uh, the family, and there are people who aggressively want to tear apart the family. In the New Statesman, um, the the I think it's the UK edition. New states new no it's not newstatesman.com. Red love for all. Family is a terrible way to satisfy our desire for love and care, according to the writer and academic Sophie Lewis. The solution: abolish it. She wrote a book about getting rid of uh, abolishing the family. There's no need for the nuclear family. We should all just be. You know, uh, people of the state. So when Maloney here, the new prime minister, is engaged in the argument of there's a a globalist uh, work at play to get rid of the family, she clearly is in the right. Yet anytime you talk that way, you will get lumped into the far right fascist camp. So here is um, uh, some of the headlines going on. Uh, Italy turned a page on Euro- of European history on Sunday by electing a hard-right coalition led by uh, Giorgia uh, Maloney, whose long record of bashing the European Union, international bankers, and migrants has sown concern about the nation's reliability in the Western alliance. First, uh, the issue with migrants throughout Europe is that they come in unfettered and unchecked and unknown and has created an untenable situation in vast parts of Europe where they refuse to engage in any level of assimilation and they demand that their way be the only way. This is why the fight on illegal immigration and immigration in general is so very important. If people are not willing to engage the melting pot of the United States, what is the value? 
It's a legitimate question involving the sovereignty of the nation. We are based on an ideal and an idea. You're either in for the idea or you're not. If you believe that you should have your own legal system and not have to deal with the United States legal system, there's no place for you in the United States. End of list. So this argument being put forth by the New York Times is not an argument. But it goes along with what the press has been saying in variety. Giorgia Maloney poised to win Italy's election, becoming most far-right prime minister since Benito Mussolini. NBC News. Far-right leader Giorgia Maloney set to become Italian prime minister. Politico. Italy on track to elect most right-wing governor since Mussolini. Washington Post. Italy election results set up first far-right government since Mussolini. I've got communists in the U.S. federal government right now. Why is that never a freaking headline? I know extremely little about Maloney. I do know that the constant cry of fascism without backup is nothing more than fear-mongering from so-called journalists who are actually activists. They are activists. The New York Times, Variety, NBC News, Politico, and the Washington Post. They are not. They are not journalists. They are, in every way, shape, and form, activists. And this is why it is um, so remarkably important in these moments to disregard their commentary because their commentary does not deserve our respect. I'm very curious to see what Italy does. I'm very curious to see how that nation progresses. And a nation that demands that its sovereign borders be recognized is not a bigoted nation or a racist nation or a xenophobic nation in any measure. Although there could be out there racist, bigoted, xenophobic nations. A recognition of one's borders is rational. As a matter of fact, necessary. Very necessary. Now, I uh, want to, I, I, I promised somebody I would share an email they sent me uh, because uh, clearly I don't listen to anybody else or something like that. I will share with you uh, the, the email plus uh, Nancy Pelosi getting booed. Ah, oh, it's just a pretty sound. It really, it really and truly is. Keep it right here. I'm Tony Katz. So I got an email about something I was discussing earlier, and it's about Virginia, where students at approximately 100 Virginia public schools are engaged in walkouts today. They're protesting policies from the governor, Glenn Youngkin, requiring schools to obtain parental consent before allowing students to adopt new gender identities, which is important because children can't determine their own gender. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. The protests are being organized by the Pride Liberation Project, claiming it to be the, quote, only student-led organization advocating for LGBTQIA rights in Virginia. Well, um, 
I, I do object at all times to the use of the uh, the letters. The idea that somebody who is gay naturally agrees with somebody who is transgender is laughable and insulting and rude. This is also not anything having to do with anything other than being a political movement. LGBTQ is a political movement. The gay pride flag is no longer about gay pride. People who were engaged in the fights at Stonewall have been physically attacked by those today who feel they're not doing enough or they're just men who should just sit down and be quiet. So I got asked uh, a question about what I said. Because what I said is, is that these students are indeed dumb. But what do you expect? They're students. They're allowed by teachers who are also uh, dumb to engage in this protest and disrupt the lives of other students who are there to learn. I believe we should be suspending or expelling students. You don't get to do this. You go to class. I've discussed on, on college campuses. You have students who want to force the administration to do this and to do that. They're students. If the administration is bowing to the will of the students, then what actually can the administration ever teach if the student thinks they're an equal? They're not equal. Sit there and do your work and learn. That's your job. And that's the way the university should act. Corinne Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, was asked about what was going on in Virginia today. So I haven't seen those reports, but you know, this is a president uh, that supports the LGBTQI plus uh, community and has been supporting that community uh, for uh, for some time now as vice president, as senator, and certainly as president now. And he speaks uh, always, always is proud to speak out uh, against the mistreatment of that community. Uh, trans, we believe, and he believes, transgender youth uh, should be uh, allowed to to be uh, to be able uh, to go to school freely, to be able to express themselves freely, uh, to be able to have the protections that they need to be who they are. Uh, again, I have not seen these reports, but I can. Uh, we can say uh, with all confidence, uh, and you all know, have covered him for some time. Uh, when it comes to this community, he is a, a partner and he is a strong ally. He, she doesn't bring up parents once. She doesn't think, obviously, the parents need to be notified what's happening with uh, their kids. Again, this cleaving away of the child from the parent, as if the school is the place of goodness and decency. I reject this premise. And the premise is clearly rejectable when you see schools in Virginia allowing children to act out like this. Thus, I get an email. Why do you hate kids that participate in civil protest? First, you say high schoolers are stupid and should do as they're told. Then you say college kids are stupid and should shut their mouths. When can people disagree with you? Let us know. You're, you're conflating some issues, uh, my friend who wrote the email. And you notice I'm not using names I don't think I used your name, and I won't because, you know, I'm, I'm respectful like that. Um, you, you clearly are engaged in a couple of conversations in your head, but none of them come through coherently. First, people can disagree with me all the time. They do. That's totally fine. They can disagree w- w- with me. I engage the idea of high schoolers and college students. And first, I never called them stupid. I called them dumb. 
because they are. They need school to learn. But they're engaged in activism and they're supported by people who don't believe their parents should have a say. And then you have teachers and administrators, not all of them, but far too many of them going along with this. They're willing to be overrun for their ideology. They're willing to say, why educate children? Anything they feel is good enough. We should simply support their feelings. No, we shouldn't support their feelings, which is why you can't let children change their gender. You're either going to be a parent or not. You're either going to be an adult or not. I didn't say you shouldn't love your kids. You should absolutely love your kids. And I could recognize without having gone through it myself that this could be in a very emotional and difficult thing for children and parents. I don't say no. I say children can't determine their own gender. And a school can't tell a child they can do X, Y, and Z without the parent knowing that's nuts. That's a reason to get rid of the entire education system in one shot. Destroy the Department of Education and start fresh. College students being able to determine what it is that the faculty does, they're college students. Throw them off the college campus. This is the way we do it because this is the way you learn. We allow different voices and different opinions here. We make you do the homework in order to get the grade. Now it's all about your activism and you can force the administration to allow you to do X, Y, and Z? Where in the world is the academic rigor in that? And when kids can protest in, in, uh, or engage in civil protest? After school and on weekends. But not during school. You're there to learn. Sit down, shut up, do your math homework. I didn't realize this was so difficult. Were you thinking, my friend who wrote the email, that I would apologize for absolutely having the argument? I absolutely have the argument. I take away no one's rights. I recognize what the purpose of this classroom is in high school and in college. And I demand that the teachers in both those places be the ones who have control. But you're allowing the students to have control. That can't be good because they're students. Unless, of course, you're arguing there's no difference between the student and the teacher. And if that's what you're arguing, well, my God, I don't even know what to say about that. Except maybe to laugh out loud and remind people that bourbon is the friend of adults. I'm not apologizing for being able to break it down with clarity. It's clear. Kids are kids. Adults are adults. Professionals are professionals. And everyone's got to start acting that way. I'm Tony Katz. But this, right. he's made conversations with the mayors, so is there any reason why not the governor? Again, we have a strong team that's in place supporting the governor right now, working side by side with him and his staff. We'll continue to stay engaged with him. So that was from the White House press briefing. And people asking the question, has Joe Biden, president of the United States, spoken with the governor of Florida Ron DeSantis regarding this this hurricane. As the governor puts it, this can get bad. There will be catastrophic flooding 
and life-threatening storm surge. And so if you're on Florida's Gulf Coast, uh, from Naples all the way through the Tampa Bay area and some of the counties north of that, uh, that could be something uh, that happens. If you're under an evacuation order, is evacuate to, to higher ground uh, that is going to be safe from the type of surge and flooding. Who knows what will really hit and when it hits. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. They're saying late Wednesday night into early Thursday. Uh, the track of the storm uh, keeps moving. Now it's south of, of, of the storm, and that means not hitting Tampa, which is, yeah, usually how it goes. I, I, everything can indeed uh, change. Uh, absolutely can change. I, I did have a couple of things to get into. And the first is, you know, they're still allowing vote by proxy in the House of Representatives. Speaker Pelosi is still allowing people to say, oh, oh, there's COVID. Oh, I'm not, I'm not safe. Oh, I guess I'll, I guess I'll, I'll just won't fly to D.C. and I'll just vote from here. Wait, how am I supposed to vote? Okay, I'll just vote that way. Thank you. In the latest of this, uh, Iowa Democratic Representative Cindy, I, I think it's pronounced Axne, A-X-N-E, she voted for the Inflation Reduction Act, which, of course, does not in any way, shape, or form reduce any level of inflation. It does absolutely nothing to inflation. Inflation will continue to grow. But what's interesting is that she made the claim that she was unable to physically attend proceedings in the House chamber due to the ongoing public health emergency. She granted her vote by proxy to Representative Jennifer Wexton of of, uh, Virginia. That was on August 12th. She, the representative, sent a letter to a woman by the name of Cheryl Johnson, the clerk for the House of Representatives. That was August 12th. She said she was unable to physically attend due to the ongoing public health emergency. Instagram, August 11th, her son's account, a photograph that was captioned France Part 1 and shows the representative alongside her husband and son. She didn't not come to D.C. because of COVID. She didn't go to D.C. because she was on vacation. She's on vacation, not doing her job, and lied to the speaker, lied to the Democratic Party, lied to her constituents, lied to the people of Iowa. And once it passed, she tweeted out, passed, I just voted yes on the Inflation Reduction Act, a historic bill to lower health care costs, cut prescription drug prices, lower the cost of energy, and much more. Notice it didn't do anything about inflation. They all admitted it after the fact. So she is a liar. She's a fraud. And this was allowed to happen because the Speaker of the House doesn't care if you do the job. She cares that you vote the way she tells you to. Do not have your own mind. Do not have your own opinions. Do not have your own thoughts. This is, well, I I don't know how this is not understood as fact for Pelosi's progressive party. Then there is the criminally insane story that Liz Cheney is proactively stating she will campaign 
with Democrats to ensure that Carrie Lake doesn't win the gubernatorial election in Arizona. Carrie Lake, former reporter in Arizona, Republican, absolutely fearless in the conversation uh, uh, about uh, elections and about progressivism. As for her lead in um, Arizona against Katie Hobbs, a Democrat, she is up by point two. So no matter how you twist and turn, well within the margin of error. The only poll of the last five that has a margin of error of under three is from Trafalgar Group, 1,080 likely voters. That shows Carrie Lake is up by four. And here's Liz Cheney. I'm going to make sure Donald Trump makes sure he's not the nominee. And if he is the nominee, I won't be a Republican. That's something that Cheney has uh, pro- proclaimed. He's demonstrated that he's somebody who has not bought into the toxin of Donald Trump. He's talking about uh, Glenn Youngkin. But he campaigned recently for Carrie Lake, who's an election denier, who is dangerous. I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that Carrie Lake is not elected. And Carrie Lake is like, all right, well, bring it on. I mean, this is actually quite good for my... uh, for my brand. I know that this is one of your top priorities to clean up the border should you win in November. I want to point out what Liz Cheney uh, has said about you when speaking at this Texas Tribune uh, conference yesterday. She says, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure Carrie Lake is not elected. Uh, Your reaction? (laughs) (laughs) That might be the biggest, best gift I've ever received. I mean, the people of Wyoming can't stand her. I'm I'm pretty much sure that the people of Arizona don't like Liz Cheney. Uh, You know, here's the deal, Maria. The Republican Party, the new Republican Party, is the party of we the people. It is no longer the party of warmongers. And so Liz Cheney probably should change her voter registration. Turns out she really is a Democrat after all. Well, let's talk about your agenda. Uh, She said it does include uh, campaigning with the Democrats to make sure that you don't win. Uh, Well, I I mean, she's laughing out loud at Liz Cheney. Um, The craziest part of this whole Liz Cheney story is you, you, you liked her record. You did. This is surreal, what we are experiencing here with Liz Cheney. Really and truly surreal. She could have been so effective and disagreed and been and, and and still had her position. She could have been effective and had engaged the conversation, but she chose this. She chose this, and she doesn't even do it in a, in a way that is a profound. She has made herself look small and sad and silly. Uh, will Carrie like when I really don't know? That's one of those races where I I can stare at numbers all day, but in the end, I don't know if Arizonans consider her to be a a valuable, tough choice regarding the border, or they just consider her just ridiculously silly. The polling would show that it's tight enough that there's some level of taking her seriously. Then there is this very concept of the, uh, as Trafalgar Group put it, uh, the submerged Trump voter. Uh, if that is indeed true, plenty of people voting for uh, uh, the right who just, they, they won't talk about it. They, they, won't, they won't talk about politics at all. Then you have great wins 
for these people, like a lake in Arizona, very possibly um, uh, Oz in Pennsylvania, Vance in in, in Ohio, um, Marco Rubio, of course, in, in, in Florida, where it's a tighter race than maybe you would like in Florida, but I don't think it is. I think it's exactly the kind of race Marco Rubio runs. Um, this now leads us to a conversation that Seth Meyers had on his show, uh, proving uh, that, uh, my God, I need a television show. It, I, I get asked often, would, why don't you interview liberals or Democrats? And the answer is, who would you like me to interview? I have no issue with it whatsoever, as long as there's going to be a conversation and not an ideological screed. I'm not, I'm not in, interested in that. I, I, I don't want any part of that. Um, I have no problem. I have no problem whatsoever with these kinds of 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 interviews. But this is not an interview. This is this is softball. It must be frustrating for someone like you that has a real understanding of the minutia of the economy, how it affects so many people. And yet you must also appreciate that you're at the mercy come election day or we might be at the mercy of what the gas prices are that day. That not every American looks at the stock market ticker every day, but most of them drive by and they right. see a number. And Can we stop for a moment? This is Seth Meyers saying to Bernie Sanders that he has an understanding of the minutia of the economy. It must be frustrating for someone like you that has a real understanding of the minutia of the economy, how it affects so many people. And yet you must also appreciate that you're at the mercy come election day or we might be at the mercy of what the gas prices are that day that not every american looks at the stock market ticker every day but most of them drive by and they right. see a number and that number indicates something that's right you're absolutely right and yet what we should understand is that while gas prices have soared they're going have gone down considerably the oil companies are making record-breaking profits when people go to the supermarket and see high price of food, understand that you've got a handful of food uh, companies that control the industry that are also making record-breaking profits. If you want me to interview Democrats, I'm happy to do it. Don't make me interview commies. I'm not interested. I am not interested in a guy who thinks bread lines have value. You know, it's funny. Sometimes American journalists talk about how bad a country is because people are lining up for food. That's a good thing. In other countries, people don't line up for food. The rich get the food and the poor starve to death. Does that make me crazy? Does that make me crazy? Does that make me crazy? That's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. No, it's not. And yes, it makes you crazy. The most important thing to remember whenever seeing a Bernie Sanders interview, he has nothing new to add. He always comes back to the basics. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if in this interview, and I haven't seen the whole thing, it just came across the transom, he starts talking about prescription drugs. So I think what we have to deal with is this issue of corporate greed, of billionaire control of our political system, of concentration of ownership. Uh, and we've got to tell the American people that we're going to fight, and it's not going to happen tomorrow. 
By the way, uh, he, you're right. He, he didn't talk about prescription drugs. Concentration of ownership. Well, he's four seconds away from expropriation. Now, if you want to talk about the problems with concentration of ownership, I'm going to get into a whole conversation about ESG. Oh, oh, be be ready. Be ready for that. Be ready for that. You know, it's funny. We, 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 we find ourselves focusing on these specific things that media tells us are the important things. This, the idea that a guy who's supposed to be entertaining America, Seth Meyers, sharing celebrity, treats a senator like a celebrity, fawns all over him, and doesn't engage any level of pushback. That's not an interview. That's propaganda. It is what it is what it is. Sure as hell is in journalism. It's not uh, uh, an interview to, to get to data. You just start, you who are so smart about the economy. He favors bread lines. You who are so smart about the economy. Yes, those greedy corporations. It's the greedy oil companies. Of course it is. How easy. How easy? No, why push back on that? Well, do you think we should open up seven more refineries, maybe bring down some prices? No, yes, no, yes. Do you think we should do away with some uh, federal taxes to make uh, the price of gas easier on the American consumer? No, those questions don't get asked. Those questions don't. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So let people focus on the one or two things. We're going to focus on all the things. I'm Tony Katz. The very rare, but very important, Haley Bieber story. Oh, God! Yes. Happening right now. Tony Katz. No! No! Yes! No! Hey! No! You're not in charge here. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. What's going on, everybody? Uh, Haley Bieber is married to uh, Justin uh, Bieber, uh, only proving that Justin Bieber... um, uh, made a mistake, because how do you give up Selena Gomez? I mean, what's wrong with you? Uh, but Selena's her own woman and leads her own life, and I say good on her. I hope she's happy. Haley Bieber, criticism, criticism she is uh, getting because she made a video about brownie glazed lips. Now, Ryan, uh, you've been filling in for a while. Good to have you here. You know all about um, the um, brownie uh, lips, right? Like, like, like that's that's your thing, isn't it? Oh, of course. Right. You you heard him right there. So I don't know what it is. I, I I've never heard of a brownie glazed lip. I guess it's a way of putting on a, a, a lip gloss. And people are like, Oh no, you didn't. You're not allowed to do that. Because that's a makeup technique favored by Latinas and black and brown women since the 1990s. You're engaged in cultural appropriation. It's an actual story in the world. The use of brown lip liner and clear gloss favored by women with darker uh, skin tones. So she's like, I think this is cool. People are like, you can't do that. You're not allowed to wear that. That's cultural appropriation. Um, it, it used to be um, something we'd be like, hey, I saw this on somebody. I thought it was pretty cool. I thought I'd try it. 
We've seen uh, white people want to open a Mexican restaurant. So, oh, you can't do that. And the pressure on them to shut down. Uh, you must understand that cultural appropriation is the bigotry. When somebody says you're not allowed to do certain lip line or you're not allowed uh, to wear, you know, hoop earrings, let's say, I mean, that only has one response. You're a little bit racist. Well, you're a little bit too. Wear whatever lip liner you want. Make any video you want about it. Open a Mexican restaurant. By the way, I'm Jewish. Go open a kosher deli. You know what I'll do? Check it out. Have myself a sandwich. Do you have the half sours? If you have the half sours, I'll bring friends. Cultural appropriation. It's leftist nonsense claptrap. Pay no attention to it. This is Tony Katz today. Find everything on Locals.